This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is April 7th, 2021. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Hi, everyone. Uh, uh, my name is John Kay. I was actually there from 1990 to 1994. And what uh, shows did you work on while you were at Hofstra Radio? So I actually worked two shows. I, you know, I worked the Thursday morning uh, 1 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, 3 a.m. Uh, and then I had the Sunday morning, I think it was 6, 730 uh, with the Italian Music Showcase. I think that was the name of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't I was going to ask if you had done any uh, weekend shows or public affairs shows. So you were a Sunday morning sign on. Yep. No, no. I, I think there was someone out. Irv was before me who did the country sure. western out behind the barn out sure. behind the barn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have any titles or management positions at the station? No, no. I wasn't even a communications major. Okay. And uh, did you use your real name on air or did you have a, an on air persona? No, I, I used my nickname back then of Beaker. Okay. Is there a story behind that? Should I ask or just let it be? Uh, it, I could just make, I, I could just talk like him. I could just okay. talk like the Muppet character and okay. be silly like that. All right. So um, this is a two-part question, but um, mostly we'll, we'll start on the physical aspect of it. Sort of, you know, what first brought you to the station and when you got to Hofstra Radio, which would have been WRHU at the time, uh, do you remember what it looked like, what the office was like, what the studio was like, maybe people that you met? Um, what was it like when you first got there to the station? All right. So, so the first the first part of the question is, you know, what brought me there? Uh, well, honestly, uh, the first part of that is my minor in Hofstra was music business and technology. Uh, and since radio is a major part of the music business, I figured it might be a good experience to be part of the radio station. Plus, well, who doesn't want to be on the radio? It's just cool. Um, the other part is when I got so when I, I remember it was under bits and bytes mm -hmm. and you had to go down the, the stairs into this long hallway. Uh, and it was this side area. Uh, so they had run, what was it in the first week of school, they uh, ran the open house. So I'd gone to the open house and oh, there was just gobs of people crammed into that, <laughs> into the mm -hmm. office space. Um, which was probably what, um, 30 feet by 30 feet, you know, it was kind of a classroom size. Yeah. Um, and that's where I met, uh, Jeffrey Krause and Sue Zizza. Uh, I don't think, I think you were there in the mix. Uh, but I don't think we knew we, we weren't formally introduced then. Uh, there was a whole bunch of other people like Denise Hanick. Mm -hmm. Remember her? And she was, uh, had a gal pal, Jen, I think it was. And there was, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. You know, everyone talking uh, about what they're going to do and how to be part of the station. And yeah, it was just great. So that would have been fall of 1990. Nine. Yep. Okay. And, and you were, I guess, new on campus and maybe you'd seen some signs or you just decided to go find it yourself. I I had decided to go find it myself. Okay. Interesting. So your first experience is walking into an office full of 
people you know, <laughs> who people who well know each other. And, yeah, yeah. So um, I have a vague recollection of that of that meeting, but um, I think it's sort of blurred together with with various other meetings. I, I don't really remember uh, that particular one. Um, so getting back to your you know your your inspiration for for coming down to the station, your 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 uh, music business minor, right? Is that, did I get mm-hmm. that right? Oh, it's music um, business and technology. And yeah. technology. Um, did you, prior to going to Hofstra, did you have any interest in radio? Were you, were there radio stations that you listened to or things that you found that were interesting that, that sort of pulled you that way? Or is it more of that practical decision that you mentioned before? Um, well, first the practical decision, but, uh, the second part was I grew up in a speck of a town um, radio was your friend. Um, you know, when, when people are like one to five miles apart, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's not much interaction on the street corner. <laughs> so yeah, radio was a big part of my life. I used to listen to radio constantly. And even today I, I pretty much listen to music all day long. So it was not just the music, but it was the community. The community and and just being part of being that radio experience and and being able to uh, share those deeper tracks, those things that are not necessarily always overspun. Right. Especially when, you know, during that meeting, they were talking about, okay, well, we have this hour, this hour, that hour, and this is what we do. You know, the alternative hour was my favorite hour or programming segment to do because yes, I could get into these deeper tracks and odd tracks and just mix it all up and, and just have fun with, with all of that and, and not just stick to some sort of corporate, uh, you know, top 40 line. Mm. So, so you walked in, even though you, you came from a small town, mm-hmm. you, you still had access to what we would call like the deeper cuts or alternative music as it was called at the time. So is, were, were you getting, access to that kind of music from your local radio station? Because, you know, if someone's listening today, someone who's, who's younger than, than us and has grown up in a different era, things are available on the internet. We didn't yeah. have access to that then. So where were you getting access to, to this music? What were the, the, the stations or the avenues to do that? So during my junior year in high school, I actually had the opportunity and took the opportunity to be an exchange student in Germany. So while there, I got exposed to a whole bunch of different stuff that, you know, I'd never heard from that speck of a town and, and from the, the radio station. So I had actually, while in Germany, had amassed a whole bunch of records and, and whatnot that I had actually brought back that were just different stuff, uh, even in foreign languages. And then during my senior year, uh, I think I, I, I spent a lot of time at like record stores and even uh, the discount bins and you just find these like $1 cassettes and I, you just get them and you just would put them in your car deck, tape deck, and you just play them, go for a ride for the day or whatnot and play a whole bunch of $1 cassettes. And you'd like, okay, well, I really don't like this one, you know, and you just toss it, right? Because, or just record over it. Right. But you'd find a number of, you know, fun gems or just different genres that you had never heard before by just going to those discount bins. Now, with the Internet and algorithms, even now with Google Music, which I use. Sorry, that's a shameless plug. Um, that's YouTube music. Uh, I put it on those uh, radio stations. And again, I get introduced to things 
I had never heard before bands I've never heard. And it's such a great exposure for them. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. I mean, there's some new bands that I, I now listen to that, uh, that's how I discovered them is through these, uh, online streaming radio streaming algorithms. So although the technology has changed, the, the interest and the sense of adventure are still there. Uh, yeah, never, never going to never left and never going to leave. Um, and, and I'm inspiring that within my children as well. Oh, it's fantastic. That's great to hear. So, so you, you get down to the station fall of 1990, you go to this open house meeting and presumably you signed up for announcing and engineering classes. Do you remember anything from that who maybe uh, was, or I, I, I think we were in the same class, uh, you know, who taught it, what you may have learned in those introductory classes. Two words, Dave Braverman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. He was uh, the announcing uh, guy that I went in my announcing class. Um, he was, you know, honestly, I have taken all those lessons and used them in, even today in my daily life. Uh, they, they are so good, especially when you're doing public speaking, the whole make tapes of yourself, all, all of those, you know, due diligence things. And listen to yourself again. Yeah, the, the, I, I've taken away all those lessons that Dave put into uh, instilled in us to do better, speak better, and inflect and learn how to do it just intrinsically instead of you know making all the marks on the paper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a question I've added to the repertoire recently because it's it's come up. Mm-hmm. Did you have to work on uh, an accent or improving? Diction, or were there any speech uh, issues that you that you worked through at that time before getting on the air, or while you were on the air? Absolutely, um, I had to get away from the ums, right? Sure. Those pauses. The other thing was modulating and knowing when to make my emphases and learning that and practicing in that and the W and enunciation, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I took it to heart to learn the, the, the true announcing so I could be a good announcer so that people would want to listen to me. Mm. Excellent. So that's the announcing class. Do you remember anything from engineering class and going for your FCC license? Uh, I remember bits and pieces, and one of them was about the antenna and the attenuation. Right. And uh, I don't think I ever really truly understood it, but I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, th- it was fun actually doing some of the splicing on the task cams, on the old tape task cams. Now we do it digitally. Right. Uh, that was that was interesting. It was hard work, and I had to work hard, like you know, multiple re-recordings, so that I, you know, if you messed up one splice, you could go to another segment. Right. Those uh, those were different days, uh, to be sure. Um, so do you recall once you got cleared uh, by Dave and by engineering, do you remember getting on the air the first time? Were you combo cleared? Were you engineering for somebody else? Any recollections of that? Uh, I want to say that I sat in, we paired up, we doubled up, you know, inexper- you know new and experienced for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I was doing the alternative show at the earlier time slot. Uh, 11 to one for a while and 
that was good because, you know, the person I was under was, you know, okay, you do the mixing, I'll do all the announcing. And then we would switch it up. You know, I would do all the announcing and they would do all the mixing. Hmm. So, and, you know, or you would just take care of engineering today. Um, you know, very specific. Uh, and I forget who I was under. And it, it, someone did pair me with somebody. Uh, and I don't remember who it was, though, unfortunately. Okay. Um, do you remember getting on the mic the first time? Totally nervous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweating nervous. Yes, I do remember. It, it was almost a catastrophe because, you know, when you're practicing, yeah, that's one thing. But now like that on air light goes on for the first time and you're like, people are actually listening. Yeah. That whole freeze up starts to happen. You somehow managed to get through that and Uh, and to get comfortable. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things. It takes time to get used to. Um, Perhaps the name will come back. uh, But my next thought is about, uh, you know, who were the helpful people as you're getting acclimated to the radio station? Um, it seems like you jumped in, you got uh, some good lessons from Dave and some other people, but but who was helpful? Who was around? Who did you enjoy spending time with while you're down there? Um, pretty much everybody. I, I, I can't say there was a single person that I didn't enjoy uh, interacting with, uh, yourself included, mm-hmm. as the musical director that you were once. Uh, there was Rich even with the classical program. And, Rich Berger. Yep. And in, in his uh, girlfriend, uh, I interacted with both of them because I, I think I had to co- cover for them a couple of times here and there because I had at more afternoon classes. Um, yeah, just everybody. I wish I can remember faces, but darn if I could remember some of the names. There was uh, one guy, very tall, skinny, uh, curly, large hair was really into clockwork orange. I, I want to say oh. his name was Rob. Yeah. Always wearing the, always wearing a jean jacket. Yeah. Oh God. He was, he was, if you ever got in a conversation with him, like, cause that was a great thing. Like you could go to bits and bites, get your food, come down to the office and there'd be somebody there also eating, and you just get to socialize and, and everybody was just so fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Rob, what was his last name? I, I I'm, I'm, I'm going through the, through the, through the old phone list in my head. I, I'm trying to picture and I, I, I haven't thought about that guy in, mm-hmm. in ages and yeah, what a super nice guy. Yep. Huh. So, but, um, you know, I'm thinking we, obviously we came in about the same time. So there was, there was Denise, uh, Kathy Wurzberger was there. Kathy, that was the name, not Jen. It was Kathy. Right. Yes. Uh, so Kathy, we all came in at the same time. I think we were all in the same announcing class. Mike Prohotka, he and I came in together, uh, and Al Montag. Mm-hmm. So, so we were all in that, 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 that group coming together in, uh, in fall of 1990. So was it... Was there a moment once you got past that that first incident? I guess I'm trying to bring two things together: being on the air and being comfortable, and that notion that you could go and hang out at the radio station. You could go sit in the office and have lunch. You could uh, show up to the music office and listen to new music, or you could hang out in the studio. When do you think? Do you have a ballpark idea or a specific moment when you thought, "Yeah, I'm going to hang out here. This is this feels like home. This is cool." 
Uh, pretty much right away. I mean, probably within the first three months, mm. I would say probably the first three months. I mean, the, again, the the group that was there and yourself included, everyone's just, you know, friendly, open, just, you know, we're all here to ha- enjoy radio and enjoy music and enjoy, you know, presenting this out to people. That's very cool. That's cool. Um, do you remember when you got your first airwave show when that might've because I think I you said want, it was it was late on Fridays. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was the Thursday morning, one a.m. to three a.m. And I right. think that was within the spring, because no one wanted that slot, and that slot just kept being open. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Because uh, I think Mike and I took Friday nights, one to three a.m., yeah. and you were Thursday nights. Um, and it worked really good for me because I didn't have a my cl- the way my classes were were scheduled. I didn't even start till like eleven o'clock in the morning on Friday. Oh wow! So I could sleep in, so it wasn't a big deal for me. That is that is the the college student's imperative. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you picked up on that right away. Uh, how how comfortable you know? Again, how how soon like you know going to prepare for a show, uh, you know, some of us would go well beforehand and pull records and get an idea of what we want to listen to. You know, how, how quickly did you acclimate and say, Oh, I can just go and pull out some records and grab some new releases and I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, probably after the first, I'm going to say really after the first year. Yeah. I think I, I felt really comfortable because I could just go in there 30 minutes ahead of time pull some of the things I, w- I definitely wanted to play, check the list of what I had to play, see what carts I needed, uh, that kind of stuff. And then after that, it was whatever, whatever right. happened to, you know, float, float the boat, so to speak. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, so we're talking now with the benefit of hindsight and, mm-hmm. and memories and, and we've had some time to think about these things, but, um, you know, if you could put yourself back in your shoes as you're heading down to the station for that open house or even before that, and you kind of alluded to this before, but what were you thinking as you're walking to that station or as you're getting started there? What would Hofstra Radio mean to you? What did you think it was going to be as part of your college career? Uh, I thought it was going to be an excellent experience no matter what happened. Hmm whether I was doing airwave or I was doing a classical or, you know, just, you know, it's just something kind of like, okay, I, I need to explore this. Uh, I need to do this for myself. Um, and I wouldn't change a thing. That is, that is very cool. Um, John, thank you so much for mm-hmm. sharing your memories and your stories. Um, I have more questions and I hope you have more stories and I hope we can do this again sometime. All righty.